0: Welcome to Let's Talk Product, a podcast by Propeller about building software products and companies. I'm your host, Lien Ashkar, and on this show, we explore what it takes to build global tech products. We cover everything from user experience to customer obsession, product strategy to scaling software. If you're a Mena-based startup looking for an early stage investor, get in touch. We'd love to talk. On today's episode, I'm pleased to be joined by Walid Daniel-Dib, co-founder and CEO of Hella. Him and his brother set out to build a blockchain solution for insurance companies. But a year or so later, they've gone through several pivots, but we're not yet seeing good traction. In essence, they were building solutions in search for a problem. But in 2020, they made a final pivot towards B2C and have only been growing steadily since. On the episode, Wadid shares the lessons they've learned throughout this journey of pivots and talks to us about how they're making insurance a pleasant experience for consumers in the Middle East. Hi, Waleed. How are you doing?
1: Hey, Aline. Thank you for having me. I'm doing good. How are you?
0: Good, good. Thanks. Great having you on the show. It's a, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So today, um, I'm super excited about getting into everything that has happened between Adenda and Hela. You've recently published a great blog post talking about the pivot. Uh, but before we get into all of that, how about we just start off with you telling us a bit about the problem you initially set out to solve with Adenda?
1: So uh, um Adenda, at at its essence, essence was a a blockchain uh, company that wanted to resolve the lack of transparency and trust between insurance companies. And uh, that's really transparency and trust is one of the biggest things that blockchain can solve. Um, We started ideating it in 2018, at the beginning of 2018. And the intention was, in any capacity, to basically focus on... Uh, uh, reducing friction between insurance companies and seeing how we can have them operate with each other. Obviously, they compete with each other, but how can they reconcile payments between each other and documentation in a way that's fair, transparent, and much more streamlined than it is today.
0: Okay, and what, what did that first product look like?
1: Uh, so the, the we started with a, with a life insurance blockchain, um, wherein two companies had, uh, in a pilot, tried it out. The intention was to see if we can identify fraudulent Uh, cases of people getting several life insurance policies without disclosing them because when you get a life insurance policy you must disclose it to any other company if you're getting another one Uh, in fact life Mm -hmm. insurance is one of the few policies that you could stack so typically for health insurance or car insurance you should only have one policy at a time and you should declare if you have other policies what people were doing uh, where they would instead of getting a very high-value life insurance policy where there would be a lot of scrutiny from one company on you I would divide it across many other companies for a much smaller size or cost Mm -hmm. Uh, thereby it would pass their kind of their deep KYC and deep health checks. Um, for that, that is considered uh, fraud, or it's known as stacking as well. What we then realized was, okay, this problem isn't remotely as big as we thought it was. And, mm-hmm. um, okay, we've built something. We know that there's there is a way to have insurance. Collaboration is important for insurance companies, or at least some sort of digital association between them Uh, we had seen a lot of consortiums pop up for banking uh, for the banking sector across the world and we thought you know insurance deserves its own uh, consortium as well wherein we can help these companies transact with each other digitally
0: and what got you into insurance (laughs) um, appealing uh, industry
1: No, no, I mean, I I, I frequently say, you never really, when you're growing up, you say, oh, I can't wait to work in insurance. In fact, if you go on a date and you tell someone you work in insurance, their eyes are going to roll. But uh, what happened was I I got into it completely by accident by uh, working in an equally, uh, I don't want to say boring, but um, challenging uh, uh, sector. I used to be a civil engineer and Mm -hmm. uh, accidentally came across an insurance loss adjusting company, which Mm -hmm. is... Um, the job of a loss adjuster is to investigate uh, fires and floods and, and large-scale accidents on behalf of insurance companies as a effectively neutral entity. Um, and with loss adjusting, I picked it up. As a civil engineer, I would investigate structural damage of, com- of mm. buildings and took it from there, really. So my civil engineering background paid off. Uh, I investigated some large-scale fires in the UAE and did a very short, extremely short stint in uh, the Caribbean for Hurricane and Irma.
0: And I guess that's when you were like, oh, there are so many efficiencies that could be done at these companies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you mentioned that you uh, went to market with these two pilots. And then what happened?
1: So we moved from there to, to uh, um, we found that the use case was effectively a solution looking for a problem, not mm-hmm. the other way around. Mm -hmm. And we've tried a few other things that related more to car insurance, where there's a lot of high volume, low value transactions, but there's also a lot of uh, leakage and a lot of uh, uh, fraud, but not just fraud. There's a lot of inefficiency. So a reconciliation process between two companies could take months or years to reconcile for the smallest of values. Uh, mainly to missing documentation or to uh, inconsistencies in the, the communication between them. Um, the the, uh, the churn rate, or I don't want to say churn, the, the turnover rate of these companies' claims teams are typically high, which means whoever was your predecessor, you don't know what he had or what you owe other companies and what they owe you. There's a complex web of 60-odd companies, insurance companies in the EU, 45 of which or 40-something of which do uh, motor insurance. So mm-hmm. if you think about it... Um, I owe you, but you owe three others and then they owe me and each person owes another person. The idea at the end was to have a reconciliation layer from the, one point to the other without mm-hmm. having to go through all of the people in between.
0: Okay. And, and you, you said that it was more of a solution, trying to find a problem. So I'm guessing there wasn't a lot of uh, excitement maybe from the insurance companies or were they just like not willing to try it out, but not willing to pay? Is that what happened?
1: That's for the previous version. The second one for Motor, actually, we signed up nine companies in the UAE, several in Bahrain and several in Kuwait as well of the top companies were being piloted with us. But the the, uh, the UAE companies were full, full, full on clients. that used the blockchain with us where we transacted about 30 million dirhams. The problem we had was we had the most, it's like the 80-20 rule, um, 20% of the UAE's companies were the ones causing the most damage in terms of not paying what is owed and the issue was not a technological issue the issue was they don't want to pay uh, so it doesn't matter if you bring them a solution using fax or blockchain they don't want to pay and they don't want the transparency because if you show how much they owe the market there will be a problem so the ones that really joined us were some of the best performers in the market who also had uh, uh, um, a lot of money owed to them by that 20% effectively mm,
0: that's Which, what things
1: like that is in a very paradoxical way blockchain is all about decentralization but it seems to me that that specific nature of a solution needs to be enforced by a centralized entity perhaps like the central bank okay and is at that it's at that aha moment that you go okay a product on its own is not sufficient there has to be a product market fit not just from a technological demand but rather the business landscape of the surrounding environment of all of the insurance players
0: yeah exactly because i guess One of the main reasons you ended up pivoting is market readiness. Is that a good way of summing this up? Mm -hmm.
1: I would say even looking at other regions around the world, uh, solutions like this have been enforced very successfully, uh, Mm -hmm. but often through, um, well, there were two routes. One of them was insurance associations and the other one was central banks. But the the ones, or, or regulatory bodies, so to speak, the ones that were done through insurance associations was through a fair playing field wherein each person knew that this is not sustainable for us to constantly owe each other this much money. It's much better that we actually average out how much we owe each other. It's, if we save up the operational cost, it's better. Mm-hmm. What had happened here is it seems that the um, reconciliation values had spiraled out of control. So no amount of operational cost saving would have resolved that. Mm-hmm. And that's, not that, that's something you cannot identify until, unfortunately, you take part in such a journey yourself.
0: Yeah, exactly. I guess after you had all of these conversations, you start developing that trend. It's like, okay, there's something there's something fishy here um, in a way or another. Um, I'd like to get into, you know, you've mentioned technology and blockchain. And we see this a lot where people kind of choose technology first because it's new, it's trendy, um, AI, blockchain, and then trying to build solutions on top of that and push it out to market. Um, So looking back, would you say blockchain was the right choice of technology?
1: Oh, that's a tough one because I'm, I used to be a big proponent of blockchain. I, I purchased my first Bitcoin in 2012, um, but I don't know if the answer is yes. I, I, I actually wrote an article a long time ago on LinkedIn, which is, do you need blockchain? And that was when we had a blockchain company. And the first answer was, or the subtitle was probably not. Uh, there was a flowchart I had wherein, okay, do the entities involved not trust each other? If yes, proceed. If not, you don't need blockchain. You can immediately know you do not need blockchain there. If there's trust or if there's a central authority controlling this issue that you have, then you immediately don't need blockchain. Yeah. The, the trouble I'm facing is there was a craze, and there still is another wave now, of everything needs to be on the blockchain. The blockchain can resolve everything. Um, if, if, if all you have is a hammer, then everything is a nail. And uh, I think we shouldn't think technological first we should think problem what is the problem that you're facing
0: Exactly. and then
1: what tools could you use to resolve that are the tools business tools or are they regulatory tools are they technological tools mm-hmm. you can't be a maximalist in one uh, area and forget about everything else and you know i don't want to be a technocrat who just says okay the world will be resolved by a blockchain how why why not you know um, without going straying too far i mean There's a lot of people who are talking about voting systems on the blockchain. Okay, cool. But maybe that's one of the few use cases that I would think on a a widespread level outside of cryptocurrency that would be useful. Um, Another one which I don't agree with was, for example, having land. On the blockchain, from a product perspective, if, if, if you're in a country that is in a certain location around the world where um, it's ruled by a dictator or it's a, a somewhat corrupt country, if they decide to go on the blockchain and you're, you have proof of ownership of a land lot there... It doesn't matter if you have proof of ownership. If whoever the powers at be wish to take that from you, they can do so. So blockchain resolves the problem at a technological level, but it doesn't really matter at all at a socioeconomic or political level. And that's what I want to focus on. Mm.
0: And so with the new pivot and Hela, which we'll get into now, is there any blockchain component or did you just put that aside for now? Okay.
1: There's no blockchain component, and there's also, by design, no AI component. I I, I found that um, a lot of people use the word AI for everything. And uh, <laughs> Tell I think me, we need more data. <laughs> we, we need more data in what we're building before I can have AI. So, for example, I want to be able to resolve claims very rapidly, but maybe AI is not the way to go. Maybe mm-hmm. at the beginning, I have to build the proper foundations of identifying data sets, of identifying what type of claims, what frequency of claims are there. So... What we're using is clean data structures, but that's not a sexy term to use. Um uh, data segregation, not a sexy term to use. AI is. Uh,
0: no, not we, really. <laughs> I think VCs we're we're at this point where um we we're developing this allergy to any pitch tech that says AI, machine learning, and blockchain all in one side. Yeah, ARVR maybe. Like <laughs> yeah, ARVR maybe. I can I can
1: I can I think ARVR look, I think all of these technologies are awesome. All I'm saying is do not implement them at your concept stage. Implement them when you have some kind of solution that has an urgent need for them.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'm referring to all of these, you know, idea stage pre-seed decks. Um, but yeah, let's drop it to Hala. So tell us about the pivot, the, the big pivot, you know, after you were like, okay, I'm done with this, <laughs> with the blockchain insurance companies. What did he end up building?
1: So the idea of Hala was... Listen, we've been servicing all of these insurance companies for so long, and now we know where their weaknesses are. We know the kind of legacy systems that they operate in. We know what their challenges are, and we saw that we could resolve the vast majority of these challenges. They have insanely high operational costs. So we hit two birds with one stone. We wanted to make insurance lovable for the target audience, i.e. the consumer, Mm -hmm. and we wanted to make it easier, cheaper, and faster to operate internally, i.e. as an insurance company. Uh, We are not an insurance company. But what we are as an insure tech is a uh, machine that intends to build the best core system or build a full stack insurance company, get regulation, get re- the re- needed regulation to do so uh, with time and uh, uh, kind of focus on being more of a camel than a unicorn. So I want to be able to survive step by step with the products we launch, whether it's home and motor insurance, which is what we're doing now. We're a B2C company. And mm-hmm. uh, um, um, take it from there to see what other products we'd like to add from travel to pet insurance. Consider us lifestyle insurance. We're a one-stop shop to uh, uh, um, help you purchase uh, uh, insurance uh, and also claim in the unlikely or, uh, inshallah, maghershar event that you might have to file a claim, whether it's motor or otherwise.
0: Okay, okay. Let's let's get into all of that. So maybe if you can kind of walk us through a customer's journey um, with Hela compared to how they would usually buy insurance, which I guess a lot of our listeners are kind of familiar to. So now, how, how does, what did you change, you know, end-to-end journey?
1: Let, let's look at the end-to-end journey of today's insurance. Um, in the UAE, I'm going to just use UAE numbers, if you don't mind. I think somewhere, I, I, I want to assume, around 80 to 85% of people buy their insurance offline, and 15% of people buy their insurance uh, online. Let's focus at the 85%. Um, the vast majority of them, they've got a guy. You know, you, mm-hmm. I've got a guy. I've got a guy. <laughs> I just give him my <laughs> and I don't know if you should have a guy for insurance because you don't have a guy for banking. You don't have a guy mm-hmm. for credit cards. You don't have a guy for other things that your life depends on. So from there, it goes to that guy that you have. He goes around, gets the best policy he can get, but gets a few quotations for you, shows them to you, you say okay, and you either communicate via WhatsApp or otherwise he asks you for all the documentation you need, and he does it on your behalf as, as, a, as sort of a concierge, which to be frank, if that's working for you, perfect. But what you're missing out on is any moment that you have to file a claim, um, where's that guy? Where's your guy, <laughs> you know? So, so there's there's a lot of vagueness there. Uh, um, beyond the quote unquote guy, there's also insurance that's sold via dealerships, insurance that's sold via agents, insurance that's sold via brokers, insurance companies, and just brick and mortar shops you can walk into. What we want to do is in three minutes, not only insure you, but have you understand the entire journey of what you're actually buying. Did you know this is covered? Did you know that you can actually, you know, ask for roadside assistance if you have a car? If your car breaks down, we can replace your tire. uh, You know, uh, there is a lot of things that could be done from um, notifying the customer that in case of a claim, they can actually opt for a replacement car uh, until the car is fixed and that's just for motor insurance. So if you go today or anybody who's listening to this, go to any major insurance company's website in the Middle East. At the f- first page, you're going to see either a technicolor, multicolored picture of a family smiling with maybe potentially an, an, an umbrella. Typically, there's an umbrella there somewhere.
0: <laughs> that's so true. Uh, yeah.
1: But and then they say, hey, quote, buy insurance, blah, blah, blah. Often enough, there's no way to buy insurance online. And they tell you our mission and vision and board members and all that stuff. Cool, listen, I'm not on your website to look at your mission and vision, your insurance, and I don't think there's much there that I want to know more about. What I want to know is, how can I buy a policy? Is it cheap? And do you explain what's covered? And also, where can I claim? Why do none of these websites have on the main page how to claim? That's the exact purpose Mm. of buying an insurance. It's like, it doesn't make sense to me. What we want to do is you go on the main website, it's very clear what's covered, it's very clear how to claim. Just go to joinhala.com, plug if I may, and go from there, try out the user journey, uh, and and see see on the main page where it says claim. And if you claim, it just says, give us the information, one, two, three. That's pretty straightforward.
0: Amazing. So you're taking something that's quite traditional, you know, a very traditional service, and turning that into a very user-friendly, you know, self-service product, right? Um, And this kind of apply, I guess, to many other like rigid sectors like insurance. What would you say Mm -hmm. are kind of like the most essential elements that that are needed to make this work? You know, making that transition work from something that you're so used to having that guy to being like, hey, you can make this decision on your own.
1: It's very interesting. Uh, I don't want to say it's going to be horrible to say this, but often enough, we only realize these things after a catastrophe does take place. Where is your guy? Mm-hmm. Right, and, and, and potentially through education, you can find out that, look, the entire purpose of insurance is to prevent such things happening. It's not a tax you pay to get a mortgage. Mm-hmm. It is a safety net that you have. And the more education we have on that, the more uh, uh, events in our lives that take place that make you understand there are so many things outside of your hands that potentially you need to uh, have some sort of safety net that we can go from there. But that's a, an irrelevant philosophical answer to your question. Your question was, how do you convince these people to uh, uh, move from a kind of an offline uh, uh, way of purchasing policies to online. And, you know, much like how COVID forced people to use contactless payments, um, it's also prevented people from being able to, in some countries, exit their own homes or be able to travel freely. So they had no choice but to use digital measures. Unfortunately, at the time, there weren't many good digital measures to use and insurance, for example. But we took that opportunity to build what we think is the next Mm -hmm. step in Insurance insurance 2.0. I think through extreme, heavy brand focus, brand equity awareness, and just showing you how simple it is. I'm not going to make insurance Mm -hmm. lovable for you. I'm going to make it tolerable. That's all I want
0: to do. Mm OK, amazing. And a few things that you've mentioned are kind of like transparency um, and, you know, giving them all the information in a very user friendly way. And I guess this is usually in the very small, fine print. You get that and you feel like you're missing out on something. So getting all of that super clear on the homepage um, kind of instills that trust, which I believe, you know, right. Buying insurance is something. Trust is a big component of that. Um, and if you're removing that guy, you still want, they, you you want them to trust Hella?
1: Yeah, there are three pillars in Hella. If you go on even on the on the homepage, the the three pillars are very straightforward. We want to be the fastest insurance you can buy, so speed mm-hmm. is very important. We want to mm-hmm. be the most infor- affordable we can be for you. So I wanna um, I know you're price conscious. Um, And we want to be reliable. So reliable Mm -hmm. to me translates to trust and transparency, which is why if you click on any of the, um, if you go to the car insurance section or the home insurance section, the first thing you see is what's covered. There are cards that show you. If this happens, this is covered. Your jewelry is covered. Your personal belongings, your musical instruments, your, if you lose your house and you can't live there because of a flood or, sorry, not flood, I mean, water leakage, Um, then we give you a replacement home. So there's so many things that are covered that we mentioned straight up at the beginning because education as to what is covered is so important. As opposed to saying, here's the cheapest quote you could get. Uh, We're open from nine to five on these days.
0: Mm. And you mentioned you're not an insurance company yourself. So these policies, are you working with insurance companies on on creating new policies?
1: Yes. So they're underwritten by our partner insurance company onshore here in the UAE. Um, Mm -hmm. We work very hard on explaining to them from a consumer perspective, what the consumer wants, but then they have to do underwriting exercises along with us to see uh, uh, what is the best way forward to build something that's sustainable both for them and for the customer.
0: Mm. So, if we were to kind of like l- l- go back to that end-to-end journey, initially you're changing the whole onboarding process, the purchasing process, um, making information super transparent, and giving you know power to the to the end customer to make that decision. Um, within a couple of you know minutes, and then mm-hmm. the policy itself is a bit more customer centric as well, right? So you speak to insurance companies to kind of uh, mm-hmm. develop more user friendly or customer centric policies.
1: Readable policies, basically policies you can read, not terms and conditions you scroll past.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly, and and then and then so they purchase, and then what happens? How do you activate that? How do how do claims happen with Hella?
1: Yeah. So, so once activated, you immediately get an email saying your policy is active. Um, here's what's covered for you. Here's your policy wording. Here's your invoice. Um, if in case of a claim, you simply log on the website, you file a very simple form of what's covered. Uh, sorry, of what happened. So, for example, there's a drop down menu of what is covered typically. And those are the kind of accidents that you could claim against fire, uh, water leakage, accidental damage, lost theft, uh, any kind of case where that happens. And then we'll respond to you as fast as we can. What we're actually building right now is kind of a chat interface for our app that we're working on, wherein it's literally like a customer support uh, thing. Take a picture of the damage, show it to us. Okay, can you zoom in closer here? What t- Can you give me a, um, an, an, an like a a URL to where you bought this from? Uh, do you have got any invoices, emails that you could forward to us? So it's conversational and you're up to date. My most important thing is we know that from personal experience, I've already hit my car. Okay, or I've already damaged my, my thing in my home. All I want to know is what is the status? Where is my claim right now with you? Is it in a folder somewhere hidden in a compartment or is someone actively working on it? There's a reassurance that we want to provide to the customer that we have our eyes on it. In fact, here are the questions we have for you. Let's resolve this together.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amazing. Amazing. Super clear. So you've recently launched home, right? So you've been focused on motor. You've just recently, I believe this week, mm-hmm. uh, launched home insurance. Mm-hmm. So uh, exciting times for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can tell us a bit more of like your vision. Where, where is this heading? Yeah.
1: So what we want to do is way down the line a few years from now, I imagine Hala being a lifestyle insurance where you could bundle up home, travel, motor, pet liability, cybersecurity, all kinds of insurance, term life insurance, all in one bundle, you check out in one go, you can potentially pay in monthly installments. I just want to change insurance from a annual tax to a subscription based
0: Mm. peace of mind. So right now people are paying per policy and that you want to kind of uh, move that to a all inclusive subscription monthly payment.
1: We're studying what the regulation is for that, and we want to see how we can go about that. But yes, absolutely, that's that's the intention we want to have.
0: Amazing. Well, Waleed, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. Pleasure
1: was all mine, Lee, and thank you for hosting me.
0: Of course. Have a great day.
1: You too. Take care. Bye-bye.